So let's listen to God's holy word from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's pray. O Lord, our great and glorious God, we thank you that you have come and called us back to yourself to be the shepherd and leader of our lives. And O Lord, we pray that each one of us would hear that call today, that you would speak to each person here in a way that I cannot speak, but you can speak, to call them to yourself, to experience the blessing that it is to follow the great shepherd of the sheep, our Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. In the ancient world, when people thought of a leader, they often thought of a shepherd and his sheep. Why? Because that was something they saw all over. Now, here in Tennessee, we may not see that as often, but in those days and in those places, they would see it. And if you go to travel to Scotland today, I know this because people have told me, not because I've been there, you can see the shepherd and his sheep. And in fact, if you happen to, to uh, see one, he may be crossing the road and you may wait a very long time before you are able to continue because the sheep are following the shepherd. And so the, uh, the, the Bible takes up that theme, which was not unique to the Bible. It's something that was common to human beings throughout the world as they thought about leadership and as they thought about who we are. And so... One of the things that people have always compared human beings to is sheep. And so if we are sheep, then the recognition is we need a shepherd. We need a leader. We need someone to guide us. And so before we get into the text, I want us to think about that for just a minute. Why do we need a shepherd? Well, first of all, we need a shepherd because we need leadership and we need guidance. We come into this world, and we don't know why we're here. We don't automatically know what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to spend our time here. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what the meaning of our life is. So we need some guidance. We need leadership to show us the way that we should go. But secondly... We need a shepherd because we tend to look to the wrong things and people for guidance. We look for answers to the great questions of life and all sorts of things that will not help us or that only can help us a little bit. We may look to our parents. We may look to our ancestors. We look to traditions. We look to our nation. We look to our spouse. We look to our children. We look to our work or our church. And so when you think about it, we're actually 
desperately and deliberately seeking out some sort of answer. And people invest their hearts and lives in these things in ways that, that, ought, that can be simply overwhelming. And so it runs really deep. We can invest these things with a tremendous hope that they'll be the ones that will lead us out of our loneliness, out of our, out of our search for meaning, to, uh, out of our insecurity, out of our unhappiness, to a place of a flourishing life. But then third, we need a shepherd because we are like sheep. <laughs> so a lot of the things that we do, we do kind of in a not very self-conscious way. We just do what we do. Why? Because that's what everybody else is doing, right? And in that way, that's we are like sheep. Sheep will just go where all the rest of the sheep are going. Sure enough, I read a story uh, about some sheep in Turkey, and they, uh, the nation of Turkey, and they, <laughs> they, uh, and one of the sheep just kept walking and walked right off the edge of a cliff and fell down and died. And what did the rest of the sheep do? One after the other, hundreds of them, just following that sheep because that's what the rest were doing. Fortunately, many of them survived because there were so many sheep that the ones who landed on top had a real padded landing. So it's a true story. You can look it up. And what we need to see is that's us. That is us. That's who we are. We will just walk right over the cliff. We're not thinking about it. We don't know what we're doing. We just go with everybody. We don't reflect. And so one of the main goals I want to have for this sermon is that you would simply think, what am I doing? Why am I here? Who am I following? What is my purpose? What am I trying to do in this life? I want you to think about it. So, but this passage tells us the place that we need to look in order to find a life that is truly good, that is the human life that we're intended to live, a flourishing life, a blessed life, the good life. And it begins with the declaration of the, of the psalmist David, who was also himself a shepherd, and what did he say? We all need a shepherd. And what does he say? The Lord. The Lord God. He is my shepherd. He's the one I'm following. He is the one that I'm looking to. The Lord is my shepherd. That is his confident declaration. Who is the one in whom he finds meaning and hope and purpose in life? It is God himself. And when you think about it, He's the most appropriate shepherd. Why? Because he made us. He knows us. He cares about us. He can protect us. He has a plan for us. And he can bless us, even if the rest of the world is against us. And that's it. We can find in him what we cannot find in anyone else. If we have any other shepherd, we cannot say, this person or this thing or this group is my shepherd. I lack nothing. It's only when the Lord is our shepherd 
that we can say, I lack nothing, that I have everything I truly need for this life and the life to come. Now, we want to delve into that a little bit more. But before we move on, let us consider just one thing. That as we look in the Bible and the Psalms, you'll see that they are looking forward to a person who is coming. He's called the Christ. He's called the Messiah. He is one who is overall, and he is one who is even called God. But he also is a king. He's also a ruler. He's also going to suffer. He's also going to die, but also come into glory. And in the passage we read earlier, from John chapter 10, we see that Jesus was a man who came and said, I am the good shepherd. I am that shepherd that David was talking about in Psalm 23. I am the shepherd who gives people eternal life. I am the shepherd, he said, that gives you life to the full, the best life. Now, think about this. If I came to you this morning and said, you hear in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. If I say to you, I am that shepherd. I am the Lord. I am that shepherd that he's talking about. Then what you need to do is immediately run out of this building. Right? Because I've either gone crazy or I'm trying to do something bad. But with Jesus, it wasn't like that. He said, I'm that shepherd, and people believed him. Because everyone admitted that what he was saying was good, that what he was saying was right. No one could convince anyone that he had done real wrong. They couldn't find anything. So he's not the sort of person who's lying. He's not the sort of person who's seeking to do something bad seeking to deceive people. So the only option is that he really is that good shepherd. He is the Lord himself come in the flesh to lead us to everlasting life. That's an amazing conclusion. So what I want you to do is think about following the shepherd. And I want to ask you, have you ever thought about following the shepherd? Have you ever asked the question, who am I really following in this life? Who am I looking to for meaning and happiness and blessedness? It's easy just to grow up doing the things we've been doing. And we don't think, why am I here? What are the big questions of life? You need to think about that. And here, the Lord comes to you today to say that he is calling you to himself. So are you following him? Have you, would you, can you say today, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. He calls you to be one of his sheep. And if if you're out there and you haven't done that, you haven't said, he is my shepherd, then I would call you to make that commitment today, to make that resolution, to say, the Lord is my shepherd, and I have in him what I need. Don't wait till tomorrow. Make that decision today to follow him. If you have questions about that, if you want to talk about that, please come talk to me. After the service or mark on your card, I want to talk about that and I would be glad to get together with you.
Now, I know that most of you here can say that, yes, I have said Jesus is my shepherd and I want to follow him. Well, what does it look like to follow him? Well, I've been reading the book, um, The Confessions, by St. Augustine or Augustine. And uh, it's, it's truly a remarkable book in, in literature of, human, of the human race. Not just Christian, but it is Christian. And the, the interesting thing is he, he, he tried everything. He tried to find a shepherd everywhere. And he was starting to consider that Jesus was that shepherd. And, and he was sitting in his, in his study one day, or in his house one day, and he heard some children singing a song that had nothing to do with the Christian faith. But it said, Tole lege, take up and read. Take up and read. Take up and read. And he heard that. And he said, God was calling me to take up the Bible and to read it and to find his shepherd there. And from that moment on, this became his guide. The Lord speaking to him and him following, and he became one of the great leaders of the Christian faith in the history of the world. So take up and read and follow what the Lord is calling you. And even if you, you say, you know, again, if I asked you, most of you to say, would you say the Lord is my shepherd? You would say yes. But you know, it's easy to get following other things. It's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to get in a group of sheep that are leading you in a different direction. So have you forgotten about him? Are letting your focus being on other things? Is the Lord calling you away from something else? Have you forgotten your first love? Well, you know one great thing about the shepherd? Whenever the sheep come back, he's always ready to receive them. More than that, when they go out, he will pursue them. He'll go after them because he wants his sheep back. And so he says, if one gets lost, there's more rejoicing over heaven, over one that is found, than over the 99 that are already there. Because he loves to see people come back. He loves to see people come back and say, yes, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So why doesn't everyone follow the shepherd? Why doesn't everyone follow the shepherd? Well, there are many reasons. We have a strange addiction to following all sorts of other things. And, you know, sometimes we look at people and we think they don't have that addiction, but you just dig below the surface and you find all kinds of crazy stuff. Trust me, I've talked to countless people about their personal lives. And it's like following things that are, they know are not going to be helpful to them. Giving a weight to things that they don't deserve. That are driving them into the ditch. And it's like our heart is bent in the wrong direction. So that's one thing. We also live with other sheep. And we tend to go in their direction. But also, one problem with following the shepherd is that it's not always easy. It's not always easy. And this psalm tells us that, as the rest of the psalms do. When you find the psalms give us a picture of Christ and his suffering, but they also give us a 
picture of the followers of Jesus and their suffering. And you will see, the psalmist is a believer. He, the psalmist is one who trusts in the Lord, but he is not one without problems. He's not one without enemies. He's not one without anxiety. He's not one who doesn't struggle with anger. But he takes those things and he processes them before the Lord, as we'll see in the months to come. But in this passage, it tells us that the Lord prepares a table for us, but he says that he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies, or his enemies. In other words, he's got people that are against him, that don't like him, that want to fight against him. In many cases, they wanted to kill him. And yet, the Lord prepared a table right there. We'll talk about more what that means in a minute. But the point I want you to see is that this is a person who is following the shepherd, who says he lacks nothing, but also has people who are against him. But then it also says that he recognizes that he could go through some very tough things. In verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. In other words, though, point he recognizes that he could walk through the darkest valley. The old King James says, walks through the valley of the shadow of death, which is kind of a literal translation. And it, in, it indicates to us the very difficult places to which we may have to travel as we follow Jesus. And so if you want to follow Jesus, you will receive many blessings. I'm going to talk about that. But they will not be without problems. You may have to give up things. People you love, people you care about may be taken from you. Things you enjoy may be taken from you. Work that you enjoy may be taken from you. So why does the Lord lead his people in such a way? Why does he do that? Well, whenever I think of this passage, I think about preaching on it at the funeral of my friend Lola my previous church, and I've shared this story before, but it just continues to impact me. because It's, a, it's kind of a, a guiding light for me. Because she experienced suffering like maybe many of us might not experience. Because she, in a way, she lost her son, but she didn't lose her son. It's always the toughest thing to lose a child. But she lost him, but he, in a way, he was gone, but he was still there. But he couldn't do anything. And so she took care of him as long as she could. But when she couldn't, she went and brought him to a home. And then she went to see him every day. And she loved him like a mother does, you know. So she told me, though. She said, when another woman was having had a child in the church who had some special needs, she said to me, I want to tell that woman. And of course, I said to her, why don't you tell her, you know? And I hope she did. But I told her anyways later, after she died, so. But this thing, she said, people think that when the problems get tougher, it gets harder and harder. And that, that the Lord will not, you know, that the Lord just makes it tougher and tougher on us. And, he says, it, and she says, it is tough. But she said, what I found is, when the problems get tougher, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
that the Lord just gets closer and closer and closer and closer and his presence and his strength and his blessing is more and more and more present to you. As the valleys get get deeper, the Lord goes there with you and he will be with you all the way. And so I think that really teaches us why sometimes the Lord takes away from us things that we may have wanted to have. And Because all the things that we enjoy in life, no matter how good they are, are no substitute for the Lord himself. And our heart is so often wants to fix on the things that he's given us rather than the giver of the gifts. And so he calls us back to himself. There's other reasons too. There's other things to say about this. There's some things we don't know. But I'm telling you, that the Lord is calling us to himself to say, he is my shepherd. He is the one in whom I have hope. And what he promises us in this passage is that whatever valley he takes us through, however tough it may be, however hard or difficult it may be, there are amazing blessings on the way. There's nothing like following the shepherd. He's an endless source of blessing, an endless resource for us at every time, in every place, in every situation, wherever we go, for for the future, for the past, for everything we think about. In the midst of our enemies, we'll be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd, but we'll also be able to say, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And these are not just flippant statements, you know, like sometimes when, when we say, yep, I know the Lord is with me. These are things that that David bought through intense suffering. That he came to a resolution to say after going through many trials, through much prayer, through many difficulties. That is what the Lord said to us. We're going to talk about some of that on Wednesday nights as we look at the trials of David uh, later this summer. And in fact, the majority of this psalm is really about all the blessings we get when we follow the shepherd. It's a way to encourage us to say, whatever else happens, this is the right path. And so let's just consider a few of them. First of all, the blessing of guidance. The blessing of guidance. So if you've been waiting to fill in blanks, there's some five blanks there you can fill in. First is the blessing of of guidance. He will show us the right way. It says, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Meaning, he will show us the way. He will guide us. We often wonder what to do, where to go. The Lord has promised guidance. He's promised wisdom. He's promised to lead us. If we follow the shepherd and keep following him, he'll lead us in the right way, even when it seems tough or not, or not the right way. Secondly, He'll give us the blessing of refreshing gifts. In verse 2 it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And in verse 5 it says that He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. It is in the midst of, even in the midst of experiencing hard things, The Lord is going to keep giving us gifts. He's going to keep refreshing us. Even if our body is struggling, there's a presence and life in our soul that's going to keep pushing outward. 
because he gives us those gifts. It keeps coming back. And you know, I had a point even this week, you know, uh, where I was struggling a bit, which is not uncommon. I'm human just like everybody else. And, you know, I just was like, I am so thankful that I don't have to just let this struggle sit there. But I have all these things that the Lord has taught me over the year that are continually refreshing me. That I was thinking, you know, I think maybe I'll be a failure. Maybe I'll do something really stupid. And then I remember, the Lord's going to take care of my name. The Lord's going to protect me. The Lord's going to make my righteousness endure forever. That may seem strange. That's what he promises in Psalm 112. In other words, the, the things I do for him, he's going to bless them incredibly. So I can keep doing for him, and I have confidence in him. Why? Because he's my shepherd. And as I thought about that, it was like my soul was being restored and renewed and refreshed. And I can't tell you, I've experienced that endless times. In the midst of the busyness of life, the struggles of life, going back especially to the Psalms. And all of a sudden, it's like a refreshing stream from which I'm drinking. And the Lord bless me. That's the blessing of refreshing gifts. The Lord will give us what we need in the midst of our struggles. Third, the blessing of his presence. He may make us walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but what does it say? I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. He says, wherever you go, whatever you have to go through, whatever you walk through, however much suffering you experience, I am with you. I am right there. I'm not distant. I'm walking right beside you. You can feel my rod and my staff that are guiding you in the right place, even in the midst of those difficulties. We have the blessing of the Lord's presence. Fourth, we have the blessing of his faithfulness. He says in verse six, surely the goodness and lo- goodness, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. In other words, he's gonna be faithful. Even though we don't deserve it, he's gonna keep doing us good and keep doing us good and keep doing us good and keep doing us good. His goodness is running after us. And that's what we'll see throughout our whole life. Whenever I sing that, I just say, man, the Lord has kept me from so many things that could have completely derailed me. He's kept guiding me. He's kept leading me. He's kept using me. It's amazing. It's the faithfulness of the Lord. He'll keep doing it. We can look to the future with confidence. And finally, it's the blessing of eternal life. Because one of the great things we need guidance in is, is the fact that all of us, every single one of us, is, is eventually not going to be here in this world. We are going to die. And then what happens? And then what happens? What is our confidence? What is going to, where are we going to go? Are we going to meet the Lord? And what will the Lord say to us? Well, if we've said he's our shepherd, then what he's going to do is he's going to lead us straight through death into everlasting life. That's what he says. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to see this is the Old Testament. And David says, I will live there forever and ever. I will have eternal life. That's the promise of the Lord. When God says, I will be your God, he doesn't just do it for a short time. He does it forever. I give them eternal life, Jesus says, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. That's his confidence. They will never perish. And so, when we go into death, we don't have to go alone. Because the Lord, who's already gone through death, will be there to lead us through it. We don't need to be afraid of death in the way that we are. 
We, we don't want to die. We naturally turn away from it, and, and we shouldn't seek it out. But when we go there, we don't go there alone. The Lord, who has been with us in this life, will be with us in death, and will take us to be with him forever and ever, so that we can say with confidence, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever. That's the amazing blessings that we have in following the shepherd. For this life and for the life to come. Whatever you're struggling with today, there's a way forward. The good shepherd is calling you to come to him. Follow him and he will lead you to the refreshing and quiet waters that can restore your soul. Amen.